our F1 podcast, a collective of PR and comms master students with varying levels of knowledge about Formula One. We have F1 journalist Charlie, who is already an editor of an F1 page and knows all about the motorsports in and outs. Our mechanical brain box Jess, she has all the technical knowledge of the cars to the track. And Chris, who's relatively new to F1, but also asks the best questions and regularly mistakes Daniel Ricciardo for Kimi Raikkonen. We will bring out a weekly podcast every Monday, which will cover our, cover all the race highlights with me, Charlie, some team gossip from Chris and race analysis from Jess. On weeks with no racing, we will cover different F1 topics like today's 2021 driver's seats and predictions. With lots of driver movement this year, 2021 looks like it'll be a confusing year for drivers and going to the right garage for a pit stop. So on the whole, to start with, you've got the drivers who are staying put at the moment, which looks like it's Valtteri Bottas from Mercedes, Max Verstappen, Sebastian Vettel, who will be joining Racing Point, who are becoming Aston Martin, um, along with Lance Stroll. You've got McLaren, who are both set, which is Danny Ricciardo and Lando. You've got Renault with Esteban Ocon, Fernando Alonso. Ferrari have got Carlos Sainz and Charles Leclerc. And Williams have got George Russell and Nicholas Latifi with... Alpha Tauri, Haas and Alfa Romeo all missing two drivers and Mercedes and Red Bull both lacking a driver each. However, with some news coming out this week, George Russell's seat may also be at risk. What is this yeah. news? Yeah, so apparently midway through last week, news was coming out that Sergio Perez was in talks with Williams. Wow. So take that with a pinch of salt. But it could no. be a very very stressful few weeks i'm not accepting that as the truth whoever brought that out is rubbish yeah I'll, I'll double check that bear with me um i saw it and i didn't believe it myself but my immediate thought was with hamilton not um retiring anytime soon well, yeah it's either he's gonna have to retire and because he so here we go um george russell speculated to get axed by williams for 2021 who wrote this uh, this was on uh, the Sport Rush. It's also on Essentially Sport and play on Planet F1 as well. Oh, God. So, you know, it's, um, yeah. It's but I like a bit of gossip. I do as well, but not, not when it involves George Russell, bless no, his heart. No, to be honest, no. So no. I'll talk you through the drivers who haven't signed a contract yet and the drivers who are moving. So for Mercedes... Funnily enough, Lewis Hamilton hasn't signed a contract yet. I mean, they've been saying that it's just because they haven't got round to it yet, but I think it'll be really interesting to see when that happens because surely the current world champion probably should sign a contract sometime soon. It's it's a, it's a strange one because he's already got Schumacher's record now, pretty much. He's done what he needed to do. He could easily call it a day. But you know, Mercedes wouldn't have the staff that having, if they did move George Russell up there, for example, with, with Bottas for next year, there's not that star power that they had with Hamilton. No. And I think, I think you'd be hard pressed. The only person who'd be able to replicate that would be Verstappen, who's already in a seat. Definitely. So moving on to that then, Red Bull, um, Alex Albon hasn't signed yet, which is a worrying sign for Albon fans like myself. Because obviously he's in a bit of personal competition with the likes of Pierre Gasly, Danny Kvyat, Sergio Perez, and Yuki Tsunoda. So actually, Tsunoda, God, that's going to be hard to get out. Yeah, of. it's it's the TS combination that just TSD yeah. is not a combination of words that's you know usual. 
but hopefully, I hope that Alex Albon will get that seat. Uh, then moving on to McLaren, who has had Danny Ricciardo move from Renault. So that should be a really interesting year for them because they've got two jokers. They've got Danny Rick and Lando Norris. So it should be a really good year for them in terms of media and just general love for the team. Yeah. Renault, you've got the return of Fernando Alonso, which when it came out was actually really big news. But not that shocking because I feel like Fernando Alonso would would always come back. He's going to be like that 60-year-old driver that comes back for a hobby like Kimmy. <laughs> my uh, my favourite part of the whole thing was Renault trying to get him into the young driver test at the end of the year. Like he's not a 41-year-old man coming back for his second stint in F1. <laughs> Just sneak him in there with like the 19-year-old kids coming up from F2. And then you've got Ferrari, um, who, who's got Carlos Seitz moving from McLaren, which... When when this was announced, it was announced in like February. Uh, yeah, it was it was early on. I think it was after Definitely. the testing was due to take yeah. place. So at that point, that seemed like such a good move for him. And I remember being like, "Yeah, good on you, man. Good on you." And then all of a sudden, Ferrari had the season they've had, and he's like, "Can I move back?" <laughs> <laughs> um, and then moving on to kind of like the more interesting teams down at the bottom of the field, you've got your Alfa Tora, who hasn't signed anybody yet. So I think it's a fairly big given that Pierre Gasly is going to get signed by one of the Red Bull teams, because why would they let go of such a talent? Yep. Uh, Danny Kvyat, I think he's, he's kind of hanging in the balance a little bit there, because he hasn't particularly performed this year. He's only out-qualified uh, Pierre Gasly a handful of times. So actually, I think he is a bit on the ropes there. Uh, and then you've got Alfa Moreo, who have got their Kimi Raikkonen, their Mick Schumacher, and 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 Giovinazzi. And personally, I think they're going to go for a Kimi Raikkonen, Mick Schumacher. The only reason I would say that is because I can't wait for the photos of like an older Michael Schumacher with a young, yeah. and then an older Kimi with a young Mick. I just think that'll be a beautiful thing that they can <laughs> work with. And you know, I'm all about it, so I'm happy about that. And then you've got Haas, who basically just got the option of everybody else. Uh, yeah, Haas are the um, last option for a lot of people. I There's a few interesting stories coming out with Haas about, have you heard about Nikita Mazepin at all from F2? Yeah, yeah. First, I saw reports that his dad, who is a Russian billionaire, was going to try and buy Haas. Um, and then I saw that he was trying to get into the seat. But I, I only found out the other day that Kevin Magnussen's just turned like 28, I think it was. Yeah. Which is incredible to me. I thought he was Grosjean's kind of age, but I think Grosjean, he was boasting about having other opportunities elsewhere in whether it be WEC or I think something Peugeot are coming back for Le Mans this year. Yeah. And, you know, Haas is going to be, Alfa Romeo equally is going to be a strange one because I feel like Giovinazzi would be hard done by to lose his seat, to be honest. I think that Giovinazzi over the last couple of years, has potentially been brighter than Kimi. And, you know, I get that Kimi's won a world championship and and all that. But, you know, you've got to take it at face value. You can't give him it because of what he used to be like. Yeah. Which sounds harsh, but, you know. It's true. But I also do think he's an absolute legend. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, 100%. But the whole Red Bull Alpha Towery situation is made more complicated by the Nico Hulkenberg potential. Yeah. By, you know, the fact that Sonona's only been in F2 for a year. 
So to but, make him. But does that mean that he's a natural talent that someone needs to grab? <laughs> potentially, yeah. But I think that the reason why the likes of Schwartzman's not in contention for a Haas or a Alfa Romeo seat is because he, again, it's his only his first year. Mick Schumacher struggled a bit last year, but he's really come out on top this year. Callum Eilat's been consistent as well, and they, over the two years he's been in it. So, you know, it makes sense for those two to make the move up. But I I could see a situation where it's Hulkenberg and Verstappen at Red Bull and, Al, and Albon and Gasly at AlphaTauri. Oh, my God. Which I think would be the strongest lineup that they could have. It's not that I don't rate Kvyat. Kvyat in the past, when he was at Red Bull, had a few good performances, but his inconsistency and rash decisions typically have haunted him. He has mellowed out the last few years, and he's still quite a young guy. I don't think he, I think he's only kind of 26, 27, I want to say. So yeah. he's still got a few years left in him, but it's just a case of where those, where those years are going to be, really. Yeah, I mean, he, he was called the Torpedo for a reason. You know, he used to have that hot head that's mellowed out, but I do think it'll stay with him. Because yeah. personally, when I think of him, I don't think as a well-rounded driver, I think of someone who gets a bit angry. <laughs> like this year, for example, when he crashed in, God, maybe it was Spa, I don't know. But he crashed and then he grabbed the camera, didn't he? Uh, that was Silverstone, yeah. It was when yeah. he um, he was going through, I can't remember which corner it was, it was the high-speed one, he got the puncher. Mm, yes, he totaled the car, yeah. yeah. He was just, that just wasn't the way to react because... I think in today's F1, a lot of it is about people watching at home, especially this year. You know, who are you trying to take your anger out on? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, with Sergio Perez also being lined up for Williams, it could be another interesting year for everybody involved there. The likes of McLaren and Renault and Ferrari have all got their business out the way yeah. now. I mean, you know, you've got to assume that Red Bull are kicking themselves because if they wanted science back, given for if they'd have left it a little bit, and Ferrari were caught lacking on that front. Ferrari's car for next year is not going to be anywhere as good as a Red Bull from next year. So, you know, I don't know if science would want to go back into that ecosystem. But, you know, again, with Mercedes, Mercedes are now pretty much stuck with either Lewis Hamilton or nobody at all. Yeah. Um, I'm interested. I've got a question. Why is it that they would replace uh, George Russell with Sergio Perez and not Le Nicholas Latifi? Money. Money. If you think about the sponsors coming in from Sergio Perez, I mean, you've already got, I think, Lavazza are pretty heavy sponsors on the Williams car, along with Safina Foods, who are both kind of subsidiaries of businesses that Nicholas Latifi's dad owns. Sergio I... Perez, I, I'll get up a list of his sponsors. Um, I know he's got but, big money behind him. Yeah, it's a he's lot of racing. Mexican brands. Um, yeah. I know, I think it's it Telmex, I want to say. Uh, yeah, Telmex and Telcel, both back in, who are both telecommunications companies, um, and Claro as well. So, you know, you've got three pretty big brands there. And, and I know Williams have just been taken over and everything. But... Yeah, because Williams used to have the family factor, didn't they? And I think... Yeah. If Claire Williams and the Williams family were still there, George Russell would be moved nowhere because he was a protege. They that's what they do at Williams. They bring up young drivers, they make them into amazing drivers. 
But I think the new Williams ethos, we don't know what that is yet. So we don't know whether they'll do a move like that because we don't know who they are. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what they're capable of. Yeah, exactly. Um, just trying to think of other drivers in F2 now who could potentially get a seat. I think they're the only ones really who... Yeah, I think that's the only people you've got. I think the most yeah. interesting thing, and I think, Chris, this will be a nice little nugget of knowledge for you, is that... The whole reason, so we're having this kerfuffle at the moment about where Sergio Perez is going to go. And that whole thing was like a hot potato throughout the whole season. Yeah. It all started with Fernando Alonso coming back. And he was carrying this hot potato of, I've got a seat, but I'm chucking Daniel Ricciardo out. And then Daniel Ricciardo had the hot potato and he was like, well, I'm going to go to McLaren. And then Carlos Seitz was like, well, I'm going to go to Ferrari. And then Sebastian Vettel was like, oh, I've got the hot potato. I don't have a seat. And for a long while, he didn't. And everyone was like, oh, my God. And then he got the seat at Racing Point. And that left Sergio Perez now stood with the hot potato trying to find a seat somewhere. Ours has been like dominoes. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. The whole Formula One seat system is like dominoes. People just move and move and move until somebody, until the music stops and somebody doesn't have a seat and they're out. Yeah. <laughs> That's what happens to. Oh, sorry. Carry on, Chris. I was going to say, like, it seems looking at where people are going from and where people have been secured. Is it more like your Alfa Romeos, your Haas, your Alfa Tori? Is that where the the new drivers come into them, the ones that tend yeah. to finish a bit further back in the track, and then they work their way up to the bigger dogs like your Mercedes, your Red Bulls. Yes. Yeah. Ah, right. It it can depend on so. With the whole engine manufacturers type thing as well, there is the who's involved in what driver program. So, oh, right. for example, the likes of Callum Eilat and Mick Schumacher are both in the Ferrari driver program. And because Ferrari power Haas and Alfa Romeo, it's an easy in there to go to say, we're powering your cars, we'll also give you a driver. Oh, OK. And it, it works out potentially a little bit better for those teams who really haven't got that much money to work with. I mean, it's hard to, Alfa Romeo have had a lot of different names. They used to be Salva and they were powered by BMW and, you know, Ferrari recently. And they're still powered by Ferrari now. And the likes of Haas just don't have the kind of money. They're not investing that right, the money right. They've got kind of indie car, no, I think it's NASCAR teams who are, they're very good over there, but they just don't put the money into F1. It's a good way of doing it because you save money. You also get really good young drivers and it keeps your foot in the door with the bigger teams because you say, well, we looked after your driver last year. So the least you can do is continue to give us an engine or maybe give us some help. In yeah. It's all just more bargaining tools, the whole thing. Yeah. Ah, it's interesting that there's politics to it all. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like a really interesting bit of politics is how Mercedes have kind of like Williams as kind of like their development team. But it's really weird because Mercedes is constantly at the top when, unfortunately, Williams at the moment is constantly at the bottom. <laughs> it's just a really weird mix. And for the likes of George Russell, who has been tipped to take Lewis Hamilton's seat and become the next you know, big driver, it's weird because at the moment he is one of the, is it five? He's got one of the five longest amount of times in Formula One without yeah. scoring a point, which is actually yeah. a pretty awful stat. <laughs> so he's holding on in there because he wants to get that Mercedes seat. Yeah. So is it is it more the car and the engine, or is it the driver? It, so if like Lewis Hamilton was in a Williams car and George Russell was in a Mercedes car, who would win? It, yeah, it depends. When you've got 
the Mercedes car at the minute is just this anomaly of engineering where nobody they've got technology on that car with um they've got something called is it DAS? Yeah, the DAS yeah. system. So basically they can pull they pull the steering wheel forward a bit and it angles the wheels slightly, which makes the car slightly more aerodynamic on the straights. And it's just stuff like that. Like it's just when you look at the likes of Red Bull, they've still got a very competitive car, but they're still out on average probably half a second down on, on a Mercedes. So right. You know, if you jumbled up, say, the likes of Alfa Romeo, Haas and that kind of lot, a lot of it is down to the engine that's powering that car. So Ferrari engines this year have been particularly poor. So you'll see, I think the um, Williams are the bottom team. They've got one of the best engines, but their car's a bit ropey at times. But from there, you've got a lot of Ferrari powered teams. So, you know, it's, it's give and take. It's at the lower end, it's more prevalent. At the higher end, you wouldn't really notice the difference. It'd still be Mercedes. I mean, so DAS, for example, stands for dual axis steering. So it is the involvement of pushing and pulling the steering wheel, which is a, like a dynamic that no other car in Formula One has. So, for example, when they are behind a safety car and the safety car leaves and they have to jet off, that is where the Mercedes comes into its own. Nobody would be able to take on a Mercedes if they used it correctly, because it just gives you so much more force and downforce and power that other cars just can't compete with that. I never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> There's all kinds. Of, it's some people call it cheating, but you know it's just innovation. I remember back in kind of 2009, um, they had the double diffuser thing, which was similar. It gave the car more downforce, which helped it through the corners, that kind of thing. And, you know, it's just being smart with the regulations. That's yeah. really the I mean, top and bottom of it. If you want to know more about DAS, because it is a really, really interesting system that only Mercedes have at the moment. Uh, James Allison, their um, like head engineer, has recently put up a video on Twitter, on their Mercedes Twitter, which is actually really good because it almost feels like you're being taught how to use it. <laughs> so it teaches you what it's about and what it does and why it's not illegal. I suppose they've got uh, the mechanics, you've got to push the cars to make them quicker and quicker. Because so you compare the cars from now to the cars to like 20, 30 years ago, they wouldn't be in the regulations for 20, 30 years ago. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there, so, there were some ridiculous cars back then, though, with the six wheeled. Uh, some team bought out a six wheeled car. Another one had, another one had a massive fan on the back of it to suck it to the track. <laughs> Yeah, and so they ended up, they covered it up by putting a dustbin lid over it. And, you know, that's a, that's cheating. <laughs> that's banned very quickly. What Mercedes are doing is just being a bit clever. Yeah. Yeah. So, shall we move on to talk about our driver predictions? Yeah. So, each of us um, have completed our driver prediction chart for this year. We're going to say it out loud so that it's on record. And then we get to come back to it next season and see how completely wrong we were. So I'll start if you want. Yep. So I've gone for, in Mercedes, they're going to have Lewis Hamilton and Bottas. In Red Bull, they're going to have Alex Albon and Max Verstappen. At Racing Point, then Aston Martin, they're going to have Lance Stroll and Sebastian Vettel. McLaren, they're going to have Danny Ricciardo, Lando Norris. Renault, which will be Alpine. They're going to have Fernando Alonso and Esteban Ocon. Alpha Tori, I've gone for Pierre Gasly and Tsunoda. Uh, for Ferrari, I've gone for Carlos Seitz, Charles Leclerc. For Alfa Moreo, 
I've gone for Kimi Raikkonen and Mick Schumacher. For Haas, I've gone for Callum Eilops and Sergio Perez. And for Williams, I've gone for George Russell and Nicholas Latifi. Uh, and then I've left um, Hulkenberg, Magnussen, Grosjean and Kvyat without a seat. I'm very sorry. <laughs> Charlie, do you want to go? Yeah, so I've gone with Hamilton and Bottas and Mercedes. As I said earlier, I'm going outside the box. I'm going to put Hulkenberg with Verstappen just because I want that to happen. Um, Lance Stroll, Vettel, Danny Rick with Lando, Fernando and Esteban, Alpha Tauri. I'll go Ocon, uh, not Ocon, Albon and uh, Gasly, Ferrari, Sainz and Leclerc, Alpha Romeo. I've gone with Callum Eilat. Oh no, sorry, Mick Schumacher and Giovinazzi. Haas, I've gone with. I think they're going to keep Magnussen. I think they'll they'll keep Magnussen and have Callum Eilat alongside him. And then I think it'll be George Russell, Nicholas Latifi. So it leaves Perez, Sonona, yeah, Kimi without a seat. Damn. And Chris. Uh, well, as you know, you know me. I know all the drivers. Uh, and the teams. So I think Lewis Hamilton will stay with Mercedes with Bottas. I would like Red Bull. They can keep Max to strap on, and Red Bull can have um, Kimi because I like the idea of Kimi working with Red Bull. And his name sounds like Kiwi and having his own brand of Kimi's Kiwi Red Bull. His name's Kimi. Oh right. Well, he can still have Kimi. Still works. That's the same. Uh, Racing Point can keep Stroll and Vettel. Uh, McLaren can have Rick and uh, Lando. Uh, race R- Renault Renault can have Fernando Alonso. Although I would like Fernando Alonso to join Ferrari, so I think it'd be really cool to hear them go Fernando Alonso Ferrari. He's uh, he's <laughs> been there and done that, unfortunately. Yeah. Oh, sorry, missed the boat on that one. Ah. Oh. Oh, well, we can dream. I'll just watch the repeats. And then uh, Alpha Tori, uh, you know, they can have um, Callum Lott and uh, Kevin Magnus because I like the sort like Alpine sounds like the, the, the Himalayans or the mountains or skiing. And Magnus sounds like Magnus the drink. And I like the idea of drinking a nice, cold, refreshing Magnus on the Alps. Uh and then Alfa Romeo, they can have Mick Schumacher, who should be Michael Jr. or Schumacher Jr. should be his race name. Uh, and they can have, I think I've given Callum away, they can have Romeo Grujan, and then Haas can just have Holt, because I like the idea of Holt Haas, just, like double just, H, just and I think Holt. there's a wrestler called Triple H. So if we could somehow get a third H in his name, you could have him going down the line going, Triple H down the line! <laughs> Um, and then Williams, they can keep Russell because I'd like to see him one day make it up to Mercedes. Oh, that's a nice ending. And that's yeah. my question. Well, lovely. So next week, we're going to be talking about, obviously, Portugal yep. and how excited we all are for that. I actually, I love talking about next week because I'm saying that I'm going to be really excited. It might be a really boring race, but it also might be the best race I've ever seen. So I'm so excited yeah. about it. And then we're going to give our driver predictions. So we're going to give our first, second and third, and then we're going to give our pole position. So I'm going to go for Hamilton first, Verstappen second, and Bottas third. 
And I'm going to go for Hamilton on pole. I'm going to go with Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas, and I'm also going to go Hamilton on pole. <laughs> um, I'm going to go in third place. We'll have Fernando Alonso. He's not in, in it second... yet. Huh? He's not in it yet. Is he not in it yet? Hold on, let me check the sheet. Oh, uh, <laughs> Bottas can have third. I'd like Hamilton to get second, and I love an underdog story, so I'll have I'll put George Russell at first. Wouldn't we all? Wouldn't we all like that? Actually, the last three Portuguese Grand Prix many years ago were won by a Williams car, so they would love that too. There you go. See, it's written in the stars. And what's pole position mean? Um, where they start on the track. So the person who finishes first in qualifying. Oh, probably Hamilton. Um, (laughs) (laughs) well brilliant we'll see you all next monday yeah next monday week brilliant have a great racing weekend everyone and we're very much looking forward to speaking to you on monday